Good morning, Gateway Church. I love you, and happy Mother's Day. It's my privilege this morning to actually introduce a lady in our midst and uh, to invite you to purchase something she's created. Mary Dirksen. Mary, do you want to just wave? Mary Dirksen is a godly woman of faith. We've been so blessed. Mary has come into our fellowship, and Mary has written a wonderful little book. And uh, she's going to be selling it at the back this morning. I asked her to do this. She's going to come up to Panet, to the congregation there, and she's going to sell it there. And I said, it's $10 a book, but if Mary signs it and autographs it, it's $20 a book. So you can... <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a, it's a wonderful little book, and it's, uh, it, 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 the purpose of it is to glorify Jesus and to strengthen people's faith. And Mary was reading in the scriptures where it says to write down what God has done for you for future generations so that they will know what an amazing God we have. And that's exactly what this little book is. It's experiences in Mary's life where God has intervened. It's a wonderful, wonderful book for children and it's a wonderful book for adults. Just a little book. I had to keep myself from reading it all through at once because I wanted to savor every little story. And so every night I'd get into bed and I I actually look forward to it and I'd open it up, read another story about the faithfulness of God and I know you will be blessed by it. So I want to encourage you, buy a copy, buy 10 copies, get Mary to autograph them all, give them out to uh, all the people you know and especially to the next generation, that they can read true stories of a godly woman and what God has done in her life. So Mary's going to be at the back at the end of the service today. A teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet and what it does. The next day in a written test, she included this question. My name has six letters. The first one is M, and I pick up things. What am I? When, the grade, when all the grades were in, the teacher was astounded to find that almost 50% of those little grade tours had written mother instead of magnet. <laughs> the quickest way for a mother to get the attention of her children is to sit down and look comfortable. However, mothers can have a few minutes to themselves at the end of the day by doing the dishes. Grade two uh, school children were given the following questions to answer. Why did God make mothers? The first little grade tour said, she's the only one who knows where the scotch tape is. The second one said, mostly to clean the house. The third one said, to help us out there when we were getting born. How did God make mothers was the second question. The first one said, he used dirt just like the rest of us. The second one said, no, it was magic plus superpowers and a lot of stirring. The third one said, God made my mom just like he made me. He just used bigger parts. What ingredients are mothers made of? The first little one said, God makes mothers out of clouds and angel hair and everything nice in the world and one dab of mean. The second one said they had to get their start from men's bones. Then they mostly used string, I think. 
What kind of little girl was your mom? The first one said, my mom has always been my mom and none of that other stuff. The second one said, I don't know because I wasn't there, but my guess would be pretty bossy. (laughs) And the last question was, what does your mom do in her spare time? Moms don't do spare time. Happy Mother's Day to all the super moms who are here this morning. Now, we're in a series here on bitterness, or uh, on uh, relational issues. <laughs> I was supposed to speak on bitterness this morning. So I prepared the message, but the more I thought about it, I thought, I don't want to speak on bitterness <laughs> on Mother's Day. So I've actually changed the message. If you have your Bibles, if you would open them, please, to uh, Genesis chapter 1 in just a minute. Uh, My partner this morning, Victor, is going to come and read the scriptures for us. But I want to give us a bit of an introduction this morning. Last year, a movie came out called The Battle of the Sexes. It's the 1973 story of the tennis match between 29-year-old Billie Jean King and 55-year-old Bobby Riggs. It became the most watched televised sports event of all time. And by the way... Billie Jean King won in three straight sets. But the title, The Battle of the Sexes, epitomizes a demonic strategy of conflict that exists between men and women. And worse, it exposes the demonic lie that somehow men are superior to women and an ungodly belief that women exist for the pleasure, possession, and selfish interest of men. In many cultures of the world, women are second-class citizens. Baby girls are discarded or aborted as worthless. In some places in Asia, every little girl in their village has been sold into into the sex trade. And it's not just an Asian problem. In 2013, the Canadian Women Foundation reported there were 400 girls or youths right here in Manitoba in the sex trade. And the average age was 13 to 14 years old. The youngest was 8 years old. Women for eons have been used and exploited for sex. And the porn industry is one disgusting example of this. Yes, we've made strides in the West for equal opportunities, but the recent hashtag MeToo movement has revealed that under our Western veneer, there is a pandemic of sexual harassment and assault on women. Why is that? I think part of it is A satanic scheme, it's a hostility and a hatred of Satan towards women. Perhaps it had to do because it was a woman who brought forth the Messiah. And men who are supposed to be co-laborers and protectors are the worst perpetrators. But one man changed everything. Jesus Christ Christ. 
suffered and died on a cross and rose from the dead, forgiving us and freeing us from the power and grip of sin and Satan. Jesus Christ restores dignity and destiny to all females. And he brings us all back to God's original plan and purpose for women. And this morning, I want to talk about, for a few minutes, God's value on women. And I want to start by giving us a Bible tour of some of the female uh, heroes in the Scriptures. We start right at the beginning in Genesis, the Old Testament, where Eve is our first female hero. Now, Eve gets a bad rap. Because Eve is blamed for the sin of mankind. But Adam was standing right there watching her. Adam actually, it was Adam who God confronted when he came and said, what's going on here? And it was God who promised that Eve's seed would crush the head of the serpent. We go on to Sarah who had faith in God to have a baby at the age of 90. Hagar, who was the first person to name Yahweh, the God who sees. There's Rebecca and Rachel and Leah, who actually birthed the 12 tribes of Israel. Tamar, who was more righteous than Judah. Shifra and Pua, who were the Hebrew midwives, who defied Pharaoh's order to kill all the Hebrew baby boys. And Rahab the harlot from Jericho, who hid the Israelite spies and saved her whole family. There's Deborah, who judged Israel and defeated the Canaanites. And Jael, you remember Jael, who took the tent peg and killed the commander of the Canaanite army. There's Naaman's servant girl, who pointed her master who had leprosy to Elijah, the prophet, and he was healed. There's Abigail who saved her whole household and King David from a slaughter. And Esther who stopped a holocaust. And then there's the nameless women in the Old Testament. Noah's wife, think what she had to put up with. And Manoah's wife, Samson's mother, who was visited twice by an angel. And then we come to the New Testament. And right in the beginning, in Matthew chapter 1, in the genealogy of Jesus, there are four women right in the middle. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. What an incredible picture of grace. We have Mary of Nazareth, Jesus' mom. Anna, the prophetess, who spent most of her life in the temple fasting and praying. We have Mary Magdalene, Mary of Bethany, and Martha, who were some of Jesus' best friends. Salome, or Mary Salome, who was Mrs. Zebedee. Do you remember her, James and John's mother? The one who said, hey, Jesus, can my boy sit on the right and left hand? And then there's Joanna, Chusa's wife, who was the Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and Luke 8 says, and many other women who provided for Jesus and their disciples out of their means. These women traveled with Jesus and his disciples, something unheard of in that day, and they actually funded the mission for Jesus over those three years. We have Lydia, who was a prominent businesswoman in Philippi and hosted the first church 
in Asia, or in Europe, sorry, in her house. Priscilla, who worked with her husband Aquila on an apostolic team. Mary, John Mark's mom, who hosted a prayer meeting. Phoebe, a deaconess in the Sencrea church. Euodia and Sintichi, who were laboring right beside Paul in his ministry. Nympha, who hosted a church in her house. And Eunice and Lois, Timothy's mother and grandmother, who were women of faith. And then there's the nameless women in the New Testament. The Samaritan woman who had five husbands and became an evangelist to her village. She saved the whole village, brought them to Christ. A Canaanite or Syrophoenician woman who wouldn't keep asking Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus said of her, Oh woman, you have great faith. And then there's the woman with the alabaster box of perfume, whom Jesus said what she has done will be told wherever this gospel is preached. Who were the last ones at the cross and the first ones at the tomb? Women. Who was the first person the resurrected Jesus revealed himself to? It was a woman. And on the day of Pentecost in Acts 1 verse 14, The scripture says the 11 apostles were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary and Jesus' brothers. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues and prophesy about the wonders of God. All this in a culture and a time when women were terribly oppressed and marginalized. Isn't Jesus wonderful? He is the liberator. And he gave us a picture of what things should look like. And I want to talk about the high, high value that God puts on women. So if you would turn, please, to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, and my partner, Victor, is going to come and read the scriptures to us. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after his likeness, and let let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was the evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Genesis 2, verse 18. Then the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Father, we thank you this morning for your living powerful, active word, and we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. We love his activity, and we welcome you. Would you 
open eyes and understanding? Would you impact us this morning with truth? Would you move us onto your agenda? Lord, would you lift us higher to walk with you in greater and greater fruitfulness, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you want to understand how something works, you have to go back to the operator's manual. And the Bible is God's operator's manual for human beings. When we stray from God's word, we end up with all kinds of weird things. And so today, I want to look right here in the beginning of the Bible, what Genesis 1 and 2 tell us about women, and I want to share five truths about women today. The first one is this, women are image bearers of God. Verse uh, 26 and 27 of Genesis 1, God created man in his own image, male and female, he created them. All women everywhere, regardless of age, stage, education, economic status, color, or ethnicity, are equally created in the image of God as all men are also. And notice, there's only two options. Male and female. Not 52 options. Not all the weirdness that's going on in our culture today. God said, no, I made this. The operator's manual says there's two options. And when we get separated from God, which is what sin is, it it just separates us from God, all kinds of confusion happens. Things get complicated. And we end up compromising. Every human being from the womb to the grave is an image bearer of God Almighty. Image bearer means we're created in his likeness. The likeness of the creator, God himself. What? Like, how are we like him? What likeness is that? Well, first of all, it means we're spirit. We are spirit beings. Yes, we have a soul, a mind, will, and emotion, and we have a body. But the essence of who we are is a spirit. We are spirits with a soul in a body here this morning. And our spirits are going to live forever. We're creative like God. We're relational like God. We're made for communion with God, which is the greatest privilege on planet Earth. And we're made for community with people, which Norm has been extolling this morning and how rich and powerful and profound that is. And right there is identity and worth. Every woman, every little girl has infinite value and worth because they're made in God's image. What's the most spectacular, breathtaking sight you have ever seen on planet Earth? Is it the Grand Canyon? The Rocky Mountains? Maybe the Himalayas if you've been to, to, to Asia? Or a sunset over the Pacific Ocean? Or the Northern Lights? What's the most spectacular sight you've ever seen. Do you know what it is? It's sitting right next to you. 
It's the person right next to you because we're made in the image of the living God who is majestic and powerful and beautiful and awesome and breathtaking. And and we are the most spectacular sight on planet Earth. Why don't you turn to a neighbor and just say, you're spectacular. Now, I know... I know lots of you don't believe that at all. You think that guy's just full of hot air. No, I'm actually telling you what the Bible says. We are image bearers. A number of years ago, a Western pastor and his wife went to an Asian country to adopt a baby girl. And uh, they got into the adoption agency. You know you have to spend several weeks. By the way, you don't have to give birth. Somebody already said that. You don't have to give birth to be a mother. You just have to give care. And so this, this couple went to Asia and they, and they uh, uh, were going through the process of adopting this little baby girl. And while they were there, the, the pastor, he decided to take the little baby girl and go across the street to a restaurant to, to have some lunch. And when he walked into the restaurant with this little baby girl in his arms and sat down, there was a, a table of well-dressed Asian businessmen who began to snicker and laugh and point. He couldn't understand what they were saying, but he felt so uncomfortable with what was going on that he got up and left the restaurant. He went back to the adoption agency, he went in to see the director, he said, and he told her, look, this just happened in the restaurant. What was going on there? She said, well, in this country, little baby girls are considered garbage. They're the same as a two-liter empty plastic Coke bottle that's been tossed at the side of the road. And these men thought it was very funny that you, a rich Westerner, would travel all the way over here and spend all this money to pick up their garbage and take it back. But Jesus Christ tells us there is no garbage. Every single person, wherever they are, every human being is an image bearer of God Almighty. Created in his likeness, infinitely valuable. And so are you. The second truth is that women are child bearers. Verse 28 says, And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. One of the greatest gifts of womanhood is childbearing and child nurturing or child caring. That's why abortion is so evil and so wrong. What an incalculable contribution to the world that motherhood makes. Bringing image bearers to life and caring for them. There's no greater privilege than motherhood and fatherhood. Two women were standing in line to get their driver's license renewed. And the clerk, obviously a career woman, asked the first lady, do you have a job or are you just a... She said, of course I have a job, the first lady said. I'm a mother. The clerk replied curtly, we don't list mother. I guess housewife will cover it. By the time the second lady got to the wicket, the clerk asked, what is your occupation? The lady didn't know what made her do it, but she heard herself saying, 
I'm a research associate in the field of child development and human relations. The clerk paused, hands frozen on the computer keys, and asked the second lady to repeat her occupation. She repeated the title slowly, emphasizing the significant words, research associate, child development, human relations. The second lady coolly without, or sorry, the clerk with new interest and respect said, what do you do in your field? The second lady coolly without any fluster in her voice again heard herself say, I have a continuing program of research in the laboratory and in the field working out my master's and already have four credits. The job is one of the most demanding in the humanities. I often work 14 hours a day, but the job is more challenging than most run-of-the-mill careers and the rewards are more satisfying than money. The clerk was so impressed. After renewing her license, she personally ushered her to the front door. As the mom drove home, buoyed up by her glamorous new career, she was greeted by her lab assistants, age 13, 7, and 3. <laughs> Upstairs, she could hear her new experimental model, a six-month-old baby, in the child development program, testing out a new vocal pattern. <laughs> you are never just a mother. The hand. In 1865, William Wallace penned a poem that praised motherhood as the preeminent force for change on planet earth. And his phrase was, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Ladies, you have no idea how powerful your place is. Fourthly, or sorry, thirdly, women are blessed. Verse 28 says, and God blessed them. This passage is often called the dominion mandate. It didn't just apply to Adam and Eve. It's for humankind, and it applies to you. And the Hebrew word for bless is the word barach. It literally means to kneel. As in we bless God on bended knee, but it's also used of God blessing us, which symbolizes God bending down to bestow his divine favor on us. As a woman, you have the blessing of God on your life. You have God's divine favor on your life to prosper you. And what God has blessed, no one can curse. And verse 31 tells us that women are very good. And God saw everything he'd made, and behold, it was very good. That word means pleasant, agreeable, excellent. Five times Genesis 1 says of God's creation, it was good. It was good. God saw what he had made, and it was good. But when he made women and men, he said, oh, that's very good. Number four, Women are helpers. Genesis 2 verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. This word helper is the Hebrew word azer. It means to aid or help. It's a profound word which applies to God himself. 16 out of 25 references in the Old Testament of azer refer to God. 
Psalm 33 says, Our soul waits for the Lord, for he is our help, our Azair. Deuteronomy 33, verse 26 says, There is none like God, O Jeshurun, who rides through the heavens to your help, to your Azair, through the skies in his majesty. It, it actually means more than help. It means strong helper. If you've been to Blueprints last year, last fall, last spring, you will understand this. But if you haven't been to Blueprints, I want to encourage you. All the teachings, all the tapes are online. They're on the website. It's probably the most powerful revelation and teaching we've ever had at Gateway for women and for men. It's worth listening to. It's absolutely profound. And and it goes into all this understanding. In the New Testament, we have an equal word to Azer. It's parakletos. It's the helper. And in John 14, Jesus says, I will ask the, the, the Father and he will give you another helper who will be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit himself is called an azer or a parakletos, a helper in the New Testament. This word helper is not some subservient, doormat kind of calling. It's a divine enabling and empowering. And it's not just restricted to marriage. It's the call of every woman. Azer is a high calling, ladies, and one that reflects God himself. Four months ago, I'm sorry, four years ago, when we started to talk about the expansion uh, of the facilities on the other campus, and, uh, and we began to, to, to realize we had a significant financial challenge before us. We were all challenged of what, to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want us to give? So Mary and I were praying together, and uh, we felt the Lord give us a, a figure, which was a big figure, bigger than we had ever given before. And then the next week when we were praying again, we felt the Lord say, I want you to double that figure. I went, Whoa. Anyway, we said, okay, Lord, well, we can't outgive God, so I just figured we'd sell our house. But as Mary prayed about it, she said, you know what, Ron? I don't think we should sell our house. I think the Lord has another way to do this. I said, well, I can't figure out another way to do it. You know, we're probably going to have to sell our house. She said, I don't think that's God. So anyhow, she went to the Lord because she's an Azair. She went to the Lord and she said, Lord, what do I do? What do we do? And the Lord spoke to her and said, what do you have in your hand? She said, well, I know how to make hummus. And the Lord said to her, let's start with that. Somebody said, Ron, I I think the Lord wants me to somehow use this hummus recipe to, to uh, 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 I think he wants me to start a business. I said, you start a business? You're a worship leader. No, she's an Azair. She's a strong helper under divine anointing. She's an image bearer. She's blessed of God. So she said, no, I think I should start a business. So she went through all the process, started this business. We called it Happy Dance Hummus. And yesterday... 
if you get the Winnipeg Free Press, you'll see there was a full-page article on happy dance hummus, and the hummus business has gone like this. It's amazing. I'm the vice president of chickpea production, (laughs) which means I wash the pots. And I'm the rented mule that carries things. But she is the face to the business. And she's driving the business. And this weekend, after the third and bird big spring uh, market, she has five stores right now that are wanting to take her hummus and 30 stores that are knocking on the door. That, ladies, is an Azair. That's who you are. He said, no, no, I could never do that. So did she. She said, I could never do that. But with Jesus, nothing is impossible. And lastly, women are co-rulers. Genesis 1 verse 28 says, God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and take dominion over the fish, the birds, every living thing that moves on the earth. Women are commissioned to take dominion on planet earth together with men. You are commissioned, ladies, Girls, you are commissioned to rule alongside men in every sphere of life. And this is borne out again in the definition of Azer. Azer not only means strong helper, it's also a powerful Hebrew military word meaning warrior. Women are called to be fierce in righteousness and in justice. Norm and I just came back from Kenya, and it was an absolute delight to travel with Norm. Thank you for releasing him. We went to a Salt and Light International Conference. It was, it was probably the best conference I've ever been to. It was very powerful. The Lord touched our lives. But on our way from the conference center to our hotel to uh, uh, preach on the weekend, we got in a bus accident. Yeah, it happens. And so uh, we got an education in what happens when you have a road accident in Africa. And I'm sure Roly and Christina, well, I know because they have been spared uh, from a couple of accidents. Anyway, we were driving along this narrow road. There's only about 10 or 12 of us on the bus. We're the last stop of the hotel. And suddenly the road's very crowded, full of vehicles and, and, and uh, scooters and things. And suddenly we hear this <laughs> all along the side. I thought, oh, that doesn't sound good. The bus driver stops in the middle of the street. Further down, the, uh, the other vehicle stops down the street. And, of course, all the traffic stops except for the scooters that are weaving in and out of everything. Horns hearts start to honk and tempers start to fray. And our little bus driver gets out of the bus and the other two guys, you can see them there, they were a Muslim men on their way to the mosque to pray and they were not happy because it was the bus's fault. Now on the bus, 
We felt sorry because this little bus driver was getting bullied and pushed around and, and uh, they were really going after him. And uh, we felt sorry for him. So we got off the bus and tried to help. And one of the pastors was a police officer for eight years in traffic. So we were taking pictures of everything and figuring out whose fault it was. And we came to the conclusion it was clearly the other caller's fault. It wasn't the bus's fault. However, they weren't hearing that. So this, this is... Arguing goes on for an hour. Tempers are flaring. Finally, some stranger jumps in our bus and hijacks our bus to get it out of the way so he could get into his things. Oh, there was bad language going. I thought there's going to be a riot. There's going to be a riot. (laughs) Anyway, finally the police came. And the police officer starts listening to us. And this poor little bus driver, he's losing. These two guys, they keep hammering at this police officer And uh, the police officer, uh, I think he was there for about half an hour, and and we weren't getting anywhere. It was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, a green Lexus pulls up. And this little Kenyan woman in her 40-ish gets out of the car. She's the owner of the bus company. You can see her. And she's just behind the guy with the white shirt. And we're sitting on the bus watching this. And this lady comes into this fray. And you can tell she's not going to be pushed around at all. (laughs) And so she starts in at the policeman. And we're sitting on the bus watching this. We can't hear anything. And we're thinking, we like this lady. (laughs) This, this, This lady's good. So we thought, we're going to get off the bus and see what's going on. So we got off the bus. We're all standing around, and this lady is not going to be pushed. The the, the two guys, they want her to paint their whole vehicle, even though the only damage was a little metal grate had come off the back light, and all it needed was four screws. But they wanted her to paint the whole thing. And she says, I'm not painting anything. I'll give you four screws. She said, look at my bus. My bus has three panels. I know that's a huge expense. I'm not fixing your car at all. Well, they were going at it like this. Finally, the policeman says, it's the bus driver's fault, and I'm leaving. You guys sort it out. And the policeman disappears. Now these two guys are going at this lady. Well, she's not being pushed around at all. She starts going back at them, and the lady starts to win. We're standing there going, I like this lady. This lady's awesome, man. And uh, she is not going to be moved. And then one of the guys made a big mistake. He says to her, you're just a woman ruler. She looks back at him incredulously. She says, you're right, I'm a woman ruler, and I'm not painting your car. And then he got so frustrated, he made a comment about her gender. She just exploded. She said, I can't believe that. Are you making this a gender issue? Is my bus a gender? Is your vehicle a gender? Why are you making this a gender issue? Go on, go on. I'm not talking to you anymore. And then she said, I want to talk to the owner of the vehicle because this guy was just the driver. And as soon as she said that, everything changed. No, we don't want you talking to the owner because the driver had picked up this other guy as a favor and he didn't have permission to do it. So they didn't want the owner. Well, she had them then. 
She said, no, I'm going to talk to the owner. No, no, please don't do that. They apologized for all the remark. They took back painting the vehicle. And this lady, this lady so gracious, she says, you know what? I'll talk to your owner. Accidents happen. Don't worry. I'll talk to the owner and tell him that you can have your job. So there was bowing and shaking and smiles. They got in their car and took off. I'm standing beside this lady. I said, that was awesome. That is a co-ruler with Christ. And ladies, that's the call on your lives. Let's refuse to cooperate with the enemy's strategy and old ways of thinking. Let's let Jesus and the Word of God renew our thinking and our attitudes and our motivations. Ladies, God wants to affirm your worth and value this morning. And it all begins with Jesus. If you're here this morning or you're listening online and there's never been a definitive moment where you've said yes to Jesus, where you've surrendered your life to Jesus, all his destiny... All his desire for you is wrapped up in Christ. And as soon as you say yes to Jesus, there's a whole life and blessing that opens up to you. Receive the truth. You're an image bearer of God Almighty. And Isaiah, a strong helper, a warrior, a co-ruler, partner together with men. Renew your thinking if you have a different mindset. And men, let's affirm God's vision and value and worth and identity on our daughters and our wives and our mothers and our nieces and teenagers and all women. We have a huge responsibility, men, to affirm this. If you want to watch a a very fascinating movie. It's called Dengal. It was put out last year. It's an Indian movie with English subtitles. And it's, uh, it's won all kinds of awards. It's the true story of an Indian wrestling champion who didn't get to go to the Olympics because of economics. But he had a vision to win a gold medal for his country in wrestling. And so he had, his vision was to have a son who he could train to be a wrestler. Well, he didn't. He had four daughters. And he gave up his hope. It died. But one day he came home from work and his wife had the neighbor and these two big strapping boys there and they were all beat up. And the neighbor was saying, your daughters beat my sons up. And the dad was incredulous. He looks at these two guys that are clearly beat up and he looks at his two girls. And his two girls are just kind of going like this. And uh, he apologizes, he sends the neighbor off, and then he says to the two girls, how did you do that? The one girl says, well, daddy, they called us bad names. We let it go. But then they called us a witch. So I went like this. And they showed the dad how. And he realized wrestling was in their blood. And so he began to train these two girls in India. In India, where women are treated like trash. They're of no consequence. He trained these two girls. It's a profound story. And they went on. His all four daughters and his two nieces went on to win medals in the Commonwealth Games and in international world. And they gave hope to thousands of Indian village girls who had no hope whatsoever. That's the power of a father's vision for his daughters. 
Secondly, men, it's our privilege and responsibility to reflect the heart of Jesus in the way we acknowledge women with respect, esteem, and honor. 1 Timothy 5 says, Encourage and entreat older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Our attitude is to be one of purity and respect and honor. We reflect that by preferring them. And we reflect that by listening to their perspectives. And lastly, ladies, we at men, as men, appreciate your contribution. You have a crucial role to play in the mission of Jesus on planet Earth. Your gifts and graces and the fragrance of Christ you bring to the body of Christ are invaluable. Ladies, who you are in Christ and what you have by the power of the Holy Spirit must be activated, stewarded, and blessed and encouraged to flourish. Ladies, we receive the grace of God coming through your lives, your co-labors. We're co-labors with you in Christ, and we thank God for you. Now, I want to end by doing something. Men, I hope you're going to support me in this. Because if you don't, I'm going to be here a long time. Would all the men please stand? Here's what I want us to do. Not in any kind of condescending way or because we have anything superior. We don't. That's clear. We are co-laborers. But today, I want us to affirm God's worth on these women as image bearers. And I want to acknowledge, I want us to pray the blessing and favor and acknowledgement of God on these ladies, girls, not just moms, not just women, girls as well if there's any here, teenagers. And thirdly, I want us to pray appreciation and give thanks for them. Are you willing to help me with that this morning? Norm is. Anybody else? Okay. Well, some of you are not sure. You say, well, pastor, I don't know what we, I, you want me to do. I just want you to do this. I want you to find one or two women, and I just want you to respectfully pray God's blessing on them, affirm them, acknowledge them, appreciate them for who Jesus has created them to be. And let's pray that God would release all the grace and supernatural enablement through their lives. Okay? Are we ready to do that? Okay? Ladies, I want you to stand. And men, I want you to spread out. There probably won't be room for a couple of men to pray uh, for for just one uh, person. So... Each man is on his own. Find some ladies to pray for. And on the count of three, we're going to start. 